You're listening to the Legend Vest Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gap. What's up, legends? All right, all right, all right. So today's episode, we're going to talk about a company that unfortunately has just filed bankruptcy. Bye-bye to this company. We may be saying farewell to these uh, young or mid-aged whippersnappers uh, very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Legend Vest Podcast. This is where we teach you how to become a legend and how to invest in yourself. My name is Jameson Gavin, and I have the pleasure of doing these podcasts with my wife, Mrs. and the beautiful, also lovely Courtney Gavin. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about Peer One Imports. So, this is a company that I've been saying for quite a while is going to go out of business, and uh, I'll probably give you like three more companies here very soon that I'm telling you they're going to go out of business. It's just going to happen. Or they're going to um, their their package is going to change of what we see them as in the marketplace for sure. And so what's crazy is you know you may not even know who Pier One Imports is. Um, I know who they are because my mom loves 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 to shop at um, at these type of home goods stores and you know make the home look look very nice and look good. And so uh, which is actually a crazy story, but. Um, I dropped my parents off at a Pier 1 Imports, uh, and I said, hey, I need to borrow the Mercedes because I need to go, you know, ask this girl if she wants to be my girl, you know, and that was the Mrs. Courtney Gavin. So uh, Pier 1 Imports, ladies and gentlemen, is a Fort Worth, Texas, I love Fort Worth-based omnichannel retailer specializing in imported home furnishings and decor, particularly furniture, tabletop items, decorative accessories, and seasonal decor. Uh, they are a publicly traded um uh, company and I believe their stock is doing mm-hmm, yeah a dollar and fourteen stock price yeah hope that's right because wow I mean hope it isn't right but hope it is right for the episode so uh, Pier One Airports ladies and gentlemen recently announced plans to close up to four hundred and fifty locations. This is really tough because they only got like 950 locations. So you do the math, ladies and gentlemen. That's about half. Ay, ay, ay. Tough day to be a CEO at this company or any executive. I mean, talk about updating your LinkedIn profile. Oh, my goodness. So the Fort Worth, Texas-based home goods retailer said the decision to reduce the store footprint is needed. Uh, and they're given the excuses to better align its business with the current operating environment. And, you know, that, that's, that's an okay sentence. Um, but check this out. So I thought this was so interesting. Um, the Pier 1 CEO and Chief Financial Officer Robert Riesbeck said in a recent news release, all the decisions that impact our associates are never easy, which they never are, um, negatively. Reducing the number of our brick and mortar locations is a necessary business decision. Um, I mean, they're struggling, ladies and gentlemen, right? This guy, Mr. Riesbeck, my boy Rob, um, I mean, he's the CEO and the CFO. Like, doggone, man. They paying you double? Good night. Are you an interim CFO or interim CEO? Are you both? I mean, how much money that? I mean, jeez. I mean, I know y'all struggling, but you got to do both jobs? Like, we can't, we can't hire an assistant? Wow. So, 
as in most companies and most large companies, what you do, you know, when you know you're struggling, you initiate a turnaround plan, right? You know, so basically what that looks like uh, for these billion dollar companies is they get the board together, they sit around at a table, um, you know, and they discuss kind of what they need to do. Prior to these board meetings, the executive teams are sitting around at a table and they're having meetings after meetings after meetings trying to figure out what they do. Um you know, I have a different approach. Um, I've been a part of um, a few turnaround plans, which have all been very successful. Um, and so my approach is I don't like to I don't like to lead from a boardroom. Um, that's not my style of leadership. You know, when I get around 70 years old, I probably will enjoy the boardroom. But right now I don't lead from a boardroom. I lead from being present out into the field. And those whom I mentor, I try to teach them that same or I try to embody that. Um, and to show them that that's how I lead. And so that's how I believe that they should lead as well. And, you know, obviously you're going to have to have meetings, right? You got to have meetings like everybody has meetings. But what I'm saying is um, I think there's some different approaches that we could take with Pure One that would get a bit more um, more success for the company. So the turnaround plan in last month's press release, executives at the company outlined the turnaround plan. Um, basically, it aimed to better target and market to customers, improve the customer experience, and boost the company's operating performance through two things, or actually through, to, through, through three things, new pricing strategies, inventory reduction, and supply chain initiatives. Um, now, this was actually said by um, a CEO, and his name was called Alistair James, or his name is called Alistair James. He, if you if you recall, and you're keeping up with some of these episodes, he was actually the former Kmart chief um, and he joined the company, I think, like back in like 2018. So in a statement, he expects investments related to the plan to lead to a loss for the year. So he's basically saying, hey, guys, we're going to initiate this turnaround plan in 2018 um, and we're going to actually lose money uh, for the whole year. I know we're already losing money. But hold on, wait, we're going to make money, but right now we're going to lose money. Mm, I mean, how I would approach this is a little bit different, and I'm going to tell you a bit more about that. But, you know, in his turnaround plan, I think he touches too many things, okay? I think that a turnaround plan needs to be quick, simple. Everybody needs to know what the target is. You wake up, you have those, you know, a couple things on your list. Those are the three, the three things or two things or one thing even better that you're focusing on. And that's the main focus. Sure, there are supplementary things underneath that. But I mean, Mr. James is talking about, you know, supply chain initiatives. Why you haven't already been focusing on supply chain? Like, who is your supply chain dude who, or her? Who, who, who is she? They should already have been focusing on better supply chain initiatives. Like what? Inventory reduction? What you should already this is regular business stuff, folks. This is this is not turnaround stuff, you know. Like you know, turnaround, big turnaround. You know, like sure, your business struggling. I come in, I will see these things, and then I start focusing on this. But listen, if you already an established company and you're doing numbers like this, this is regular stuff. New pricing strategies. You know how often Walmart, Target, Amazon, these people, even Amazon, looking at the pricing of the products that they have for their own market, Amazon Basics, and they're constantly looking at new pricing strategies. Why is this in the turnaround strategy, like a turnaround plan? This is regular day-to-day stuff, in my opinion. For my businesses, this is stuff that we got people and I'm focusing on constantly. So, you know, giving you some numbers. 
Um, it said that in 2018, it made 450 million online sales with e-commerce penetration of 26%. Um, and a part of this turnaround plan, Pier One said that they wanted to boost this omni-channel platform. So basically, you know, these guys want to go. They want to go online. They want to go big online. They they swear that you know, and that is a typical story, right? It's a typical story of you know the old guy in the room saying that the young guy is taking all of his chicks, you know what I'm saying, or taking all of his money, or taking all of whatever, right? And here's the, the matter of the fact. The matter of the fact is, you know, Amazon is not killing everybody, okay? Yes, they have a very large platform. Yes, they are taking sales from certain individuals. But just like the bully in middle school, the bully don't steal from everybody. He takes the weakest link. And I used to get picked on in middle school because I'm not the biggest dude on the block. But what I learned was I can use my brain to get around the bully who don't have a big brain, even though he's got like he got kept back six years. So he's his his arms are looking like flipping the rock Dwayne Johnson over here. And I'm looking like, you know, uh, Kevin Hart, you know, so it's a big difference. But you know what I said? You know what? There's a bigger dude than Dwayne. Right. Why don't I get my boy Taco Fall? UCF. Shout out UCF Knights, baby. You know, why don't I go get Shaquille O'Neal? Why don't I get a bigger dude? And so literally I made the, the big dude on the block came my best friend. And I never got picked on it ever once again. Not one time. So here's the thing. When you see someone entering into your market and they're taking a lot of your customers, what you don't do is you say, oh, my gosh, this guy taking all my customers. Oh, my gosh. Right. Nobody cares. Suck it up. Nobody cares if you fail. Right. Nobody cares. You need to care. Your family need to care. And you need to protect your family and your business, your employees. You have an obligation to that. OK. Don't just blame Oh, my online retailers, you know, or these online retailers are knocking me out and get so mad at the bully. Why don't you protect your, your interests and you focus on growing your company and then you pivot? So I want to talk, you know, a little bit about Mr. James because he was no longer the CEO after, and he actually just like just left the company. Like, you know, he's just like, I'm out. <laughs> you know, basically, he's just like he just quit. Just one day he well, I'm out of here. I'm not going to go down with the ship. And in my opinion, I don't know if that's, you know, better or worse because I haven't been a part of that. But he just left. And so let's talk about to give you some stats real quick, you know. So among the 3,000 largest publicly held companies incorporated in the U.S., based on market cap, the average tenure of CEOs who departed over the past 12 months was 8.9 years. So right under nine years. And this is according to data that was compiled by X Exchange. Now, only 13% of the CEOs who departed over the past 12 months left the position within two years. And 23% left the position within three years. So you look at this data, the average time that these big CEOs, you know, in these large companies is nine years. I think my boy James left like after a year, if that. You know, then they had an interim CEO, then they got somebody else CEO, and then now they got a CEO who's also the CFO. I mean, guys, like, whew. I hope y'all got some good benefits or something because, I mean, man, let me tell you something. So where are we at today with Pier 1, folks? Pier 1 Imports said on Monday, and this I'm recording this episode on February 20th. So what was Monday? The 17th. So they're saying uh, on Monday, and they filed bankruptcy protection, um, and it looks like they're going to try to find a buyer. 
The Home Furniture Company announced it is seeking Chapter 11 protection in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the Eastern Division or District of Virginia. Now, this is a statement as CEO said. We have worked to establish an appropriately sized and profitable store footprint, operating structure and merchandise assortment. This is now Robert Riesbeck, Pier 1 CEO. Today's actions are intended to provide Period 1 with additional time and financial flexibility as we are now working to unlock additional value for our stakeholders through a sale of the company. So um, it is I'm not going to say it's a sad story. It's just another business story as we see businesses grow um, or they die. And um, this is just a case of Pier 1 that's dying. And we're going to see who ends up buying this company. Um I think I know who should buy the company. And if you want to know who I think should buy this company, I think it would be a great synergy for them. Um, they also play a bit in this space, but I think it would be an opportunity for them to do something a little bit different um, and offer some other unique offerings. So definitely hit me up on the uh, Instagram if you want to know about that one. So at the end of these episodes, I always talk about what are the three things that I would do or the problems that they're having. So here's a, here are the three things. If your business is having these similar things or if you work at Pier 1 right now and you're an executive, you know where to find me. Um, and these are the top three problems that I would address, um, you know, and I talk about in these podcasts. So number one problem is this, and I would change this. We need to know our target market. You need to know your customer. I tell those and I teach those who I mentor, who is that ideal customer what do they look like what do they sound like what what do they shop what do they smell like where are they from are they married are they single do they have kids what is their skin color right how how far down can we actually go to this what are the most minute qualities about an individual that i need to know who is my target ideal customer who are they that is number one i think that pure one has not had focused and if i was doing the turnaround plan this is the number one thing i would have told my executives number one i would drill the executive i would say listen folks this is spartan okay i would come in with a flipping helmet on with the with the with the with the leonidas helmet on i probably would spray paint some Six-pack abs, because I don't have those puppies no more. My wife knows. Listen, I will come in there serious, but a bit jokingly, just to show some humor in a, in a bad time. And I would say, listen, you need to know who our ideal customers. Every single person. I would go down the list. I, I would just ask every person, and even the board, even the chairman. Hey, he, he cares too, or she cares. So I would, I would drill them. Who is that? Then I would pull the data. Then I would say what I think. Or I would say what I think, then pull the data. And that's what we will focus on. Number one, who is Pure One's target ideal customer? Who are they? How much money do they make? Are they do they like soccer? Do they like football? Do they like both? Who are they? No one can tell me who their target ideal customer is. I've been in Pure One many times. And it's just it's just like they're looking for everything. They got stuff from China. They got stuff from Indonesia. I didn't see nothing. Nothing from America, I don't think. You know what I'm saying? Like, who is the ideal target? Who? who? And they never have identified with that ideal customer. And when the dollars start getting, getting pinched and people squeezing the dollars, 
they're like holding him real tight, you know, like the grip from Arthur, the cartoon, you know, the guy holding the like when they're holding it like that, if you don't identify with an ideal customer, your dollars are going to turn into cents and no cents going to turn into less cents. And then those less cents, you ain't going to have nothing less in your pocket. And then the bully is going to come. He's going to take all your lunch money. That's just how it happens. Number two, I want you to focus, and this is what I would do as in the company, and I want you also to do this. Focus on that customer, on that customer, going deeper. I want you to go deeper in your business, okay? And you need to be laser focused. You know, there, there's a, a business strategy that I think Pier One plays in, right? And I think businesses where there's a lot of competition where particularly there is a large player in the market who is doing very well or multiple large players in the market who are doing very well and very um, strategic in what they're doing and how they're playing. I think the strategy for a lot of individuals needs to be to go deeper, go straight down, like imagine um, a missile that or a drill that can just go straight up or straight down, right? Focus just on that one point and drill it with a hammer, with the nail. Keep hitting it harder. And that's how you get that oil is by drilling straight down. You can't just drill, you know, 50 miles wide. I mean, maybe somebody can tell me if they can do that, but I don't think that's how they do it. Right. You know, I've seen the oil and they drill straight down and that's how you get the money. That's how you get the oil. You focus laser focused. Pure one isn't doing that. They have not focused directly on that customer. Last but not least, I do think they need to go close stores. Unfortunately, you, you had the opportunity to do this differently. But now, Pier 1, it's unfortunate, guys, ladies. It's unfortunate. You're in a position where now you have to. That's the only way you're going to make it. So you have to close the stores. It sucks, but you got to do it. But I think here's the strategy. You go boutique. Now. With the boutique offering, I think you reinvent yourself as a boutique offering that is a specialized place for individuals who want a specialized product. Whether that product be truly customized, customizable, perhaps you enter into the space of customized furniture. Imperial One is now the premier destination for customized furniture or customized home goods. Whereas your targets who are doing phenomenal, like I, I like going into Target. You know, I'm a target kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? I like the floors are clean. The buggies ain't net. The wheels ain't never, you know, doing a little 360 spin like they're looking at your sideways. Like, hey, man, wait, wait, wait. You know, they're not squeaking. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I went in another store the other day. I'm not going to say the name, you know, and I grabbed the buggy and I had like some on my hand. I'm like, what the heck from the buggy with something on my hand? That's never happened at Target. Right. The lights are nice. The people are friendly. You know, it's you know, it, Target is nice. And so when you go into the Target home goods section, you kind of it's almost like I smell something different. You know, it's like you walk into Target and it just the popcorn smell, the pizza, it aromafies, right? You want that feeling when you go into Pier 1. Be different. Have a signature smell in the store. Have a customized option. Be a boutique. Give an offering that other individuals are not. So now, you know, this could be a new wave, Pier 1, you, you know. You don't need to pay me anything. This stuff is free. This is free podcast. But listen, do custom furniture, custom home goods. 
So now, instead of, you know, people have like a little letter. They have the towels. My mom loves those. She gets like the G towels and she puts those up in the house and everybody's like, ooh, you know, G for Gavin, right? How about maybe Pier 1 does more options where they do engraving of furniture, right? I mean, maybe we do sayings on furniture. You know, but what I'm saying is you got to be boutique. Now you got to take that risk, <laughs> right? If you had done this before in a better way, you could have pivoted. And, and then, you know, basically popped up a few stores and then boom, boutique pier one and then gave it a shot and then hedged your bets. If it fails, oh, well, it fails. You know, that's OK. It's a couple million dollars. And, you know, we still go on our, you know, nice little yacht party. <laughs> right. You know, but now you, 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 you're kind of screwed. You're darned if you do. You're darned if you don't. But it's an option for you. So you do have the competition from Amazon, Etsy, Wafer and others. You know, um, pier one, unfortunately, is in no man's land. Here's the last portion of this, folks. With the boutique offering, I think you need to reestablish yourself and focus, like I said earlier, on your ideal customer. You need to go laser deep on them. So where do they shop? Currently, I've been to multiple Pier 1s over the years, and I've seen these Pier 1s next to Dollar Tree, um, Family Dollar, and then, you know, sometimes I see them next to Neiman Marcus. You know what I'm saying? Like, Wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. What is going on here? Okay. Neiman Marcus, Family Dollar. Two totally opposite ends of the spectrum. So who who are you focusing to? Like, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Who is your target market? And I'm going to give you just one last piece that I'm going to let you, I'm going to drop some bombs on you here. Okay. Target, love it. Walmart, Love it. Amazon, love it. And what do I mean by love it? What these companies have decided to do, and this is being innovative, thinking future, thinking how, how the top CEOs think, top executives think, top entrepreneurs think. They don't just say, oh my gosh, Amazon is just killing everybody. Oh, we're going to just fold over and get a, get the bully all my lunch money. You know, put me upside down and shake the lunch money out of me like a cartoon, right? No. What they say is, hey, I want to go get me a bigger dude on my team, right? So what does Target do, right? They go and they get uh, the, the 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 Heyday brand, right? They go acquire, you know, other brands. They go in and get, I think like one time they had Jessica Alba, you know, doing a unique clothing line, right, at Target or was it Walmart or one of them, right? Then, you know, Walmart comes over and then they do a similar offering, right? You remember, you know, when Best Buy and all these companies, you know, were taking over, then Best Buy is going to go out of business, right? You know, what did Best Buy do? What, what do they do? They start focusing on their target market. They start getting people in the stores because then you can, it's, what is your differentiation? Now people can touch the TV. They can play with this. They can, they can talk to somebody. Well, Amazon, I can't, I don't, I don't touch it until they get here. They focused. Who is my ideal, my, my ideal customer? My ideal customer at Best Buy, people who want to actually come in and get the product today. I need a hard drive today. I need this TV today. I want to test out and see what's going on here. You can't do that at Amazon. You can look at reviews, but you can't touch it. You're going to be touching your screen, trying to touch a screen through a screen. Focus on that. And any company right now, if you do not understand who your ideal customer is, you're not going laser deep. You're not drilling that well straight down. Or you're not going niche or boutique. I hope you got a different strategy. The last of the th of the three, the niche boutique, you don't have to do if you have a different model and it's working. But if you're struggling, 
this is what I suggest you do in my top three. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Legend Vest Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. You know where to find me on the I and the G at Jameson F. Gavin. Find us on the legendvest.com website, or you can find me on my personal website, jameson.com, jamesongavin.com. That would be actually pretty cool, jameson.com. If you got it, I'll buy it for $5. And if you want to find Mrs. Gavin, you can catch her on courtneygavin.com. And we thank you once again for listening. Bye-bye, Pier One. So, so sad.